0: Today I'm laying out for you a plan to create a truly national public health service.
1: Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on the detail, the biggest health overhaul in a generation.
2: Every system fails. Health is complex. Nothing is going to actually work forever. and 20 years is a long time.
1: That's Dr Richard Edlin, health economist at Auckland University's School of Population Health. He'll do a shakedown on the shake-up soon, but let's get right to the details of the announcement with Newsroom's political editor, Joe Moyer. These are massive reforms, and
3: when you listened to what Andrew Little and Penny Hennaday were saying about these reforms and what they envisage they will do for people...
0: A system that takes health services... To the people who need them, no matter who they are or where they live.
3: Primarily, I guess, vulnerable people, in particular Maori
0: people. If you're a young Maori who has suffered major trauma, you are three times more likely to die in the following month than other young people who have suffered the same injuries.
3: Those who have not had a good experience with the health system and the way that it operates at the moment, whether that be because, you know, they're incredibly sick and the system has never worked for them and they don't want to engage, or whether there haven't been the services in their communities um, to actually provide them the medical care that they need.
0: People with severe mental health issues die up to 25 years earlier than others. And if you're disabled, well, don't, we don't even know what's happening with you because we don't gather enough information.
3: You know, we've, we've heard examples over the years of maternity services not being available, in particular rural areas, for example. So there's a real cross-section of things going on here. A system
0: that is disjointed and that simply does not see the needs of large parts of the community.
3: If these changes can fundamentally shift what have been massive, massive problems in quite a disjointed sort of system that's been
1: operating, then that will be huge. In July next year, what is our health system going to look like? Uh, Quite different,
3: (laughs) is the short answer. Um, I mean, what we saw in the announcement from Andrew Little is a a complete and utter overhaul. We're talking about 20 district health boards being scrapped and they're they're being replaced with this new uh, single entity, Health New Zealand. We're obviously seeing the introduction of a Māori health authority, which is completely new and, you know, has been called for for a long time.
0: We'll be able to directly commission services and to grow kaupapa Māori services and innovation.
3: You know, when you look at those really negative health statistics for Maori, and Maori just wanting to have, I guess, an input, input and a voice, um, and a, a bi-Maori, for Maori approach to health. On top of that, there's also this new public health uh, service that's going to sit within the Ministry of Health. The Ministry of Health, as it is at the moment, will change quite a bit. While it will still have that sort of role of advising the government around policy and strategic direction, in terms of actually providing the services. For, you know, at that ground level for district health boards, that's all going to be handed over to um, Health NZ
1: who will be commissioning those services. It was a surprise to most people, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, we saw that health and disability system review report come out, and there was a lot of talk around, you know, how things might look, what the what shape the reforms might take. Now, bear in mind that that review called for district health boards to be trimmed back, um, and to something around sort of like eight to twelve rather than the twenty that we have currently. Now, from the district health boards' perspective, the fact that they are all being scrapped uh, is huge. Um, they were told that by Andrew Little just the day before the announcement. So, you know, there has been commentary about whether they were completely blindsided by that.
0: This is like an atomic bomb being dropped with no warning.
1: It's, it's huge for them. Um, it's going to look like a very different beast. Also surprising, I guess, is the fact that not a lot about this leaked out. I don't know. Did you hear anything early on about it? In terms of those DHBs being completely scrapped,
3: that didn't leak at all. And I mean, you know, I'm surprised by that because, you know, especially down here in the press gallery, political reporters love to think that we're quite good at getting things early. Um, and, and we just didn't. This is just one of those things where uh, things were kept really tight, really under wraps. Despite the fact that, you know, the Minister of Health did brief um, both DHBs and Kaupapa Māori services about what the reforms were going to look like. Yes, it was
1: the day before. But, you know, to keep a lid on that, it's pretty surprising, really. Let's hear again. Again from Dr Richard Edlin. His specialty is health systems.
2: I was expecting something completely different. I was expecting it to be much more on the lines of the review.
1: In July next year, what will our health system look
2: like? It's very difficult to know on the basis of the information we've been given so far. We're talking about a very large structural change and the sort of one that hasn't been seen in New Zealand since effectively 2000. Uh, since the DHBs were introduced. I think it is likely that we're going to end up with many of the same people currently involved in the system at the moment because they're the experts in terms of knowing uh, down to what the needs are in some of the communities.
0: The sort of change I've described today will
1: not all happen overnight. Will the DHBs be gone by July next year?
2: I would imagine they will be gone on paper, there may well still be reasonable remnants of the DHB still there. Because after all, you don't want to entirely blow up the system because if you did that and you had entirely new people coming in, it's likely to be people who don't have specific knowledge of health. And we've been down that road before with some of the reforms in the 1990s and it didn't end particularly well the pace of innovation that had been present prior to that almost entirely disappeared when we had people coming in with an innovative view outside of health, but they come up against all the obstacles in health. Uh, We have lots of workforce issues in health in terms of, understandably, doctors, nurses, all sorts of uh, our medical professionals have specific knowledge and if they say that something isn't actually right, they will dig their heels in and it will actually cause an obstacle to being able to fulfil a vision.
0: I want to stress that this reform is about doing better with what we have. It's not about cutting services or closing hospitals, nor is it about cutting valuable frontline staff.
2: There are inevitably going to be a lot of discussions about how Health New Zealand works alongside the Multi Health Authority. I know that not everybody is pleased with the level of independence that's there for the Multi Health Authority, and it feels to me that this is taking somewhat of a mid-ground between those who want the Multi Health Authority to be entirely separate and those who would prefer this to be part of... The system and say informing Health New Zealand.
1: So, will they be working side by side? I mean, will the Maori Health Authority be given a chunk of money, and it's up to I them think it's, how it's yes it's or spent?
2: No, yes and no, at the same time. <laughs> there will be a chunk of money that's there for the Maori Health Authority to spend. And I think it's very important that they've got that commissioning role themselves because there are going to be some things that will be specifically needed in order to be able to be responsive to Mori health needs.
1: What's the commissioning role though? What what does that actually mean? The commissioning mean?
2: role typically means identifying what it is that you're needing and who it is that's likely to be able to provide it.
1: It won't be the Māori Health Authority won't be A completely separate system, will it? Because I mean, you know, I'm thinking about things like um, cancer treatment, that sort of thing.
2: Surely, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense to have it entirely separate, and even within primary care, which is where I think a lot of this is likely to flow out, the majority of Māori are not served by Māori health providers. They're served by the general system. So that has to be fit for purpose. And that means being able to take people from a load of different communities and serve them well.
1: So so that's why we need this? Yes. Because it's about giving health the same level of health to every New Zealander?
2: I think that will be the aim. I'm not sure it's doable with this as a mechanism. Why? If we look if we look at what causes ill health, healthcare and the access to health care determines about twenty five percent of it. Fifty percent of it is the social determinants of health, things like housing, education. It's much, much larger questions than we can really answer just with the health system. In order to be able to get us all the way there, we need to have a a vision that actually goes across government.
1: And do you think that vision is there?
2: I think that vision is very difficult. I think it's there. I think it's very difficult to operationalise because the sort of agency that would be required in order to be able to do that is both massive and probably politically infeasible.
1: Will this need a lot more money?
2: I'm not sure there is a lot more money,
1: because but have... I think
2: it, all of the messaging that's going to come out, at least at the moment, is this will be about be, about doing more for the budget that we've got. Inevitably, any change anywhere in the health system is going to need more money in order to make it work, if only because the costs of transitioning from one system to another are complex.
1: It's being called by a lot of people a bold move.
0: Excellent news. The move's fairly bold. It's uh, truly one of the biggest changes that we've had to the health system in living memory. This is probably the most transparent set of reform that I've seen, and I think well implemented, and I stress that is likely to be very successful.
3: I think what we saw during COVID is we responded differently and we had to come together as a team of 5 billion people. There is no reason why the health system can't do
1: that. But not all the reaction has been positive. I mean, for example, opposition, as you would expect, they're talking about how it's creating two separate systems with the Māori Health Authority There were two arguments going
3: on from the opposition, and and the first was around losing that regional voice um, with the district health boards all being scrapped. MP Mark Mitchell says scrapping DHBs will remove power from local communities. My
1: experience, I had a career in the police, is you've got to
0: retain decision-making back in the communities where the services are provided.
3: I wasn't particularly surprised by that argument because if you think about, you know, regional New Zealand, that sort of bread and butter stuff uh, for the National Party, the other side of it being this sort of, you know, two-tiered race-based type system that they've talked about with the Māori Health Authority. I was surprised because actually the the health spokesperson and Deputy National Party leader, of course, is um, Shane Riti, who is a GP himself um, in in Northland, in Whangarei, and he knows these negative health statistics. He knows that, you know, Māori are so overwhelmingly overrepresented in all of these statistics. And I was a bit surprised that um, he didn't see merit in that model.
0: Judith Collins said yesterday, not you. Mm. And and I I want to stress that, but Mm. she said public health provision must be based on individual need, not race. Do Mm. you believe that? Yes, I do. I believe any health system should, as its premier principle, have need. Oh, and by the way, if we're talking about Māori health, it turns out that on most health metrics you want to talk about, Māori probably have the highest need. So yes, I think any health system, and this restructuring, should be judged on the first principle of need.
3: But, you know, the opposition sort of has the ability to make the government explain why what they're putting forward is the best model. And they're saying, we're not convinced that what you are are doing here is actually going to solve it. It's actually on the government, I guess, to actually prove that wrong.
1: This is a really strong ministerial team behind it. So can they pull this off?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's any doubt that um, the team is... Has the ability to sort of, um, you know, make decisions in the space from a, a, you know, an understanding of how the system works. I mean, you look at Penny Henare being in that multi health role. I don't think people would argue that he is not going to bring ideas to the table that would make a difference for Māori health. I don't think anyone would argue that Andrew Little is not one of the better performers um, in terms of, you know, uh, senior ministers within the Labour government. Bear in mind, of course, Andrew Little has come into health only just in the last six months or so uh, since the election in October last year. So he's had to get his head around a portfolio that he has not been working in at all um, and these are massive reforms forms. So, It's a new space for him. He's good at what he does. I think he is a consultant. He, you know, he listens, and you've seen that with his other portfolios in terms of treaty negotiations, for example. So it's a strong team. Aisha Veral, obviously uh, another strong player, being you know thrust into cabinet um, with that public health experience that she has, and obviously she's done the work around the new public health model. I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that they've had the skill sets to sort of know what they're doing. But this is this is really big change, and I. I guess the point I would make is that at the moment there's not a lot of detail around what it will actually do, how it will do it, how much money it will have to do it, and you know what these new roles are and, and how many more people we're going to have within the system in order to make this work. Like is this just going to be another level of a bureaucratic jungle? Or is this going to be, you know, lots of local, on-the-ground, first-hand experience, grassroots-type people working in the system? Like, we, we don't know
1: any of that yet. There are some gaps in this announcement, uh, particularly Pacific Health and disabilities. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Little did speak to that
3: and said that, um, you know, there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that space, and and the review that was done into the health and disability sector made that point. Um, He says that come September, there will be a little bit more detail around that and the disability space. I was intrigued by the sort of lack of information, I guess, around the Pacifica angle.
0: Prioritise improving health of Pacific peoples. You know,
3: I asked the ministers yesterday whether the Multi Health Authority would take sort of responsibility for the services and you know the the work that's going to have to go into uh, convincing. Pacifica people to engage with the health system, which we know at the moment they're not very good at doing that in the same way that Māori aren't. Um, You know, you can't sort of just say, oh, well, Pacifica can go with Māori because, you know, we've created this Māori authority, so therefore you'd put Pacific people with them too. I don't think it works like that. I think you need to have um, engagement and and systems in place that, that work for different people. And Pacifica are not just one people, you know, it's lots of people.
0: We will develop a new national strategy for Pacific health focused on achieving health outcomes and the La Langafo goals. And we will similarly ensure Health NZ has the capability to develop and deliver a national health plan for Pacific peoples.
3: I think that's an area that we still are going to have to wait and see what happens. You know, there's overwhelming negative statistics in in health for Pacifica people as well, and, you know, they'll be waiting to see what is changing about the system and, and what's going to be available for them to encourage them,
1: I guess, to, you know, to want to be part of it. A lot of talk about the postcode lottery, depending on where you live, determines whether you get immediate treatment for things like cancer. Do you feel this deals to the postcode lottery?
2: I think it's potentially a mixed blessing getting rid of the postcode lottery. On the face of things like differences in cancer wait times and differences in criteria for when you're able to access services. So, for instance, at what point is your vision bad enough to be able to get cataract surgery? Those sorts of things seem on the face of it kind of odd. And I think that's fair enough to look at those and go, well, that's maybe not what we want. But there are other places where the postcode lottery is actually potentially quite important. Because if it is that there are obstacles in a system within a particular location that mean that things aren't actually working in a way that's informed well by the evidence, then yes, we definitely want to get rid of those. If it's instead, though, that there are local priorities in an area, and that means that, for instance, what's done in Auckland DHB might be different to what's done in Canterbury or what's done in Counties Manukau with a very different set of challenges, then that's actually about the challenges outworking into different th- different priorities and different things being prioritised as opposed to some form of random postcode lottery that's just blatantly seems unfair.
1: Do you worry that this new system will have even more bureaucrats than the current system?
2: I think, in the short run, I think there's a danger. I think, though, that... One of the nice features of the reforms from my point of view is that there is a very clear signal as to the ministry's job is to set the direction and not to commission. At the moment, it has a commissioning role and it has a policy role. Uh, And then there are other things. that There is funding that then goes to the DHBs and they have a commissioning role and a provision role.
1: So a lot of double up.
2: Yeah, well, it means that there are inevitably arguments at the moment as to whose responsibility a particular thing is that everybody might agree is a good idea, but they can't agree on who's meant to pay for it. And so I think there is room for for rationalising that, and that also potentially means that there's room for rationalising the number of people involved. I don't think bureaucrats by itself is a bad thing. I think there is a lot of complexity in health and in about identifying what evidence-informed decision-making would be. I think part of the difficulty we've got in New Zealand is that it's hard to make these decisions anyway, and there are points where we just don't have the workforce to be able to actually make decisions well sometimes. And what that means is that instead of having a clear clear national guidance as to, okay, this thing seems to work or this other thing seems not to, we have a load of people having to make decisions at a local level who are doing their absolute best with the information that they've got. But it does mean that there's duplication. It also does mean that there's differences in terms of the decisions that are made.
1: Is it going to make any difference to people when they need any kind of treatment? I would hope so, I think would be
3: my answer to that.
2: What's happening in New Zealand is that we've taken a look and really after a large number of reforms in the 1990s there wasn't any appetite to change things for a long period. Once we got a system that was working acceptably well Mm. but every system fails I think it's health is complex Uh, nothing is going to actually work forever and 20 years is a long time so it's time I think it probably is
1: that's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The Detail is a newsroom production for RNZ made possible by NZ On Air. We're on all the usual podcast platforms. Hit subscribe and get a new episode downloaded every weekday. If you're an Apple user, please give us a rating. It helps others find us. Thanks to Alexia Russell who produced this episode and Adrian Holley who engineered it. And thanks also to Joe Moyer and Richard Edlin. Kakite ano.